Press conference over here, Dillian White straight off the stage to have a chat with us, looking in great shape. And you look like you're mentally in a very good place at the moment, Dillian. Yeah, yeah, I haven't had the, the stress and difficulties I had to deal with, you know. I mean, good, camp's been very hard, but very good at the same time. A lot of fresh energy in camp and stuff like that, you know, some changes that I've had to cope with and deal with, but they've been good, really good. Probably the longest camp in heavyweight history for the best part of five months. But how do you feel in terms of, of physically? Because you're looking fantastic. I feel good and it's been a long camp, but obviously we've been clever and we've been working on things as well. You know, um, the thing I've done in the last few years is constantly training, constantly working stuff because there's so much things I need to work on. Like I need to work on balance, technique, timing. There's so much things I need to work on. So we've just been working, man. We've just been working. It's, it ain't even been like a a five-month camp, to be honest. I think the route, we just, like, six weeks out, eight weeks out, that's when we really got into camp. The rest of the time, we've just been just training and just improving. You'll have to beat your best against Alexander Povetkin because he certainly is coming here looking very, very good. We've seen him mm. uh, on the pads and what have you the last few days. He really is coming for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, that's what I want. That's what I want, obviously. You know, I wanted a good fight, a hard fight, a big fight, and that's what I want. You know, obviously, he's coming you know, to, to, to knock me out. They believe they can knock me out. They believe they can beat me, but that's good. That's what I love. That, that, that will give me the edge I need, you know? And will you make any comparisons in terms of your performance against others? Is it just a question of getting the job done or are you happy to try and do the best you can? When you saw how he struggled against Anthony Joshua, for example. Uh, I don't really care. Styles make fights, you know, obviously, you know, Joshua fought him differently from me. You know me, um, I come, I come to fight, man. So let's see. You know, um, Joshua made mistake. It's against him early. That almost cost him. So I just need to just be sharp from early doors. And we worked, and that obviously, you know. So I'm, I'm, I'm just ready to go. I'm ready to go. Even just then, standing and looking in his eyes, uh, like you know, like he, you know, smiling and stuff. Then when he's serious and joking, he put a serious face on. But I'm ready to go, man. I just want chaos and destruction. I'm ready to go. And obviously, we don't know exactly what's going to happen with the WBC. They often say things and, and things change, but they have put it on the line to say that you, are, if you are the winner of this fight, you will be taking on the winner of Wilder versus Fury. That, that is what they've said. Are you hopeful they'll deliver on that in the future? Yeah, of course, but we've got to wait and see. You know, We've got to wait and see. Right now, I'm just focusing on Elizabeth Pervikin. Whatever happens after that, happens after that. You know, I'm sure... Um, and the 23rd, I get the victory, God willing, and, and I'm successful, then I will have a million and one things to say to you. And that would be the dream, wouldn't it, to finally get a shot at that title? That's what you've been chasing for all this time. It would be, you know, but this is the, the final hurdle, which is usually the most dangerous hurdle. You know, you know it's most, usually the most dangerous one, but, but I feel good. And like I said, listen, man, I believe I can beat all of these guys. I believe I can beat all of these guys. This is another fight where... I'm going to have to go and show what I can do. There may be a few difficulties here and there or whatever. It's a fight. You can't swim without getting wet. But well, we're ready, man. We're ready. We've trained hard. We've pushed it to the limit. You know, I think, you know, we've, we, I've, I've, do, I've done extra stuff on what, what, on what they wanted me to do. You know, they gave me stuff to do and I've even done extra because I felt good. A bit of a, a big question to start with, I guess. Um, when you kind of step back and reflect on your journey so far, how do you think your background, the things you've been through, have contributed to the fighter you are now, the guy we'll see in the ring on Saturday? It's done everything. It taught me to be a, a fighter and someone never to give up, to be resilient. It taught me to also be very adaptable as well, you know, which is probably the most important thing, to be honest, because 
to get to this level with the limited amount of fights I've had and experience and stuff like that, it takes a lot of adapting. You have to keep adapting, keep changing. Um, just like now, fighting. Um, this fight was meant to be at Manchester Arena. Now it's um, going to be at the match room headquarters. So just, just be adaptable and just keep adapting. And what would you say has been your, your proudest moment so far in the sport, if you can look at that, take a step back for a moment? Mm. I've been at knocking Eddie and out. <laughs> You've restrained yourself for this long. <laughs> you haven't got a moment that you look back on and think, God, you know, I, or it doesn't even have to be in the ring, like something that you've achieved through the, through the sport. Um... It's not over yet, so I can't answer that question yet. So, you know, there's still so much more to come and so much more to, to gain and so much more to do. So, you know, um, at the minute, it's just all just, you know, it's just all just going. It's an ongoing journey, so I don't know. Maybe when I win a royal title, then that'll be my proudest moment in the, in the sport, to be honest with you. Let's see. Okay. And in terms of the guy we'll see on Saturday, do you think we're going to see a different Dillian to the Dillian we've seen so far? Um... I'm me. I'm I am me, man. You know, I never change. You know, I'm just in better shape sometimes. Sometimes I'm more motivated than other times. Because sometimes I've got things going on in and around the game. But this time I, I feel good. You know, I'm in a good place. I'm ready to rock. I've trained hard, and um, I'm ready to go. So you know, you should. You know, let, let's see. Let's see. I don't like saying, "Oh, I'm going to be this or I'm going to do this and whatever." You know, I'm just motivated and ready to go. All right. Thanks, Dylan. Good luck. Yeah, David Anderson from the Mirror. Hi, Dylan. You okay? Yeah, how you doing, mate? You alright? Yeah. How's, how's this motorhome? How's life in your motorhome? It's good. They call me the black the black traveller, so it's all good. <laughs> what about life in the bubble? Is it hard to get your head around all the protocols, Dylan? Because what you're compared to in a normal fight week, you know, this sort of living in motorhomes and having to wash your hands and do this, do that, and be tested. No, it's not hard. As I said earlier, you know, part of my, my strength is being adaptable and adapting to my situation and my surroundings. So, you know, it just, it's strange times. There's a lot of new things happening, a lot of things changing the world every day on a daily basis. So to survive and to be effective and efficient in this time, you need to be able to adapt, you know, and that's the most important thing right now. And that's one of my strengths. So thank God. Yeah, and the, the, sorry to go on about the old chess and about when were you going to get your WBC title shot, but what, what's your understanding now? Must it happen by February 2021 or, or what, what, what's, your, what's yeah, your take on it? Well, that, that, that's, that's, that's what's being said and that's what um, I think. I think now, they, you know, um, they come out and say it now for the first time, really, they, they can't now go back on the road and, um, and change it again. But I say that, but they've done it before, but mm -hmm. I think, I don't think they would want the embarrassment and the stuff that comes with that. So I think, you know, and rightly so, it's not like I've earned it, I deserved it, you know what I mean? I've, um, it's been almost three years now, I think. Yeah. Because are you concerned when you hear Frank Warren say stuff like, well, we might be able to do the trilogy fight with Wilder in December as planned, and therefore he may just take like a, a mark in time fight, which pushes everything further back, really? Frank Warren can say whatever he wants, you know. The WBC service, and, and that's why there's legal processes. So yeah. Frank Warren can say whatever he wants, you know. Obviously, Frank Warren says a lot of things. You know. Yeah. But, you know. So let's see. Let's see what happens. Well, what, what's your view on Tyson Fury's, you know, conduct and all this as well? Are you getting signs? Are you getting? Has he been honourable? 
No, I think he 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 not been able to me at all because one minute he said he'll fight me, the next minute he said he won't fight me. Then, but that's Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury just talks a lot of rubbish, man. You know, he just he just says whatever he thinks or whatever. You know, he, he's someone that he doesn't stick to anything he says, man. He always just you know he's always saying something today, then saying something else tomorrow. I think his mind is at the wind. Change direction every second, a few seconds. Yeah. So, and I just last for me, is, is it hard for you, Dylan, getting up? Like we always seem to be asking this question. You always have to be putting that number one mandatory status on the line against a, mm-hmm. you know, a, a credible opponent. And yet here we are doing a game with Pavatkin, you know, Olympic uh, former WBA champion stuff. Does that frustrate you? You're constantly having to to do that. No, you know what? It doesn't because everyone forget. I've had seven amateur fights and twenty eight professional fights, so I'm. St- I'm not a novice, but I'm still very inexperienced and I've still got a lot of learning to do. And this is just preparing me for the journey. When I finally get to the world title, I will be prepared. I would have seen different style phase because if you think someone else is in the perfect, he's probably fought 40 or 50 guys with the same style as me, just as an amateur, much less as a pro. So, you know, for me, um, it's just learning and improving. So when it does come, I've already ticked the box and I've already had enough bricks to the world that um the world's really to stand up strong and to to become a real champion, man. Great. Dillian, thanks very much. Good luck Saturday. Cheers. Ron Lewis for the Times next. Ron. I think Ron fell asleep. In that case, if we go to Richard from South London News. Hi, Dillian. How you doing? How are you doing, Rich, mate? You all right? Long I'm time. Good, thanks, mate. I'm good. I just wanted to ask you about the motivation side of things. You say sometimes it can be up and down, the levels of motivation. How? What, what's got you fired up for it this time around? Um, I just haven't got any issues outside the ring. I feel mentally and physically strong. I've prepared well, you know, and um, you know, obviously... The whole of last year for me was just a write-off, you know. I've had a lot of issues going on and stuff and different things in my mind. I'm fighting for my career and obviously being belittled in the public domain and other things, you know what I mean? And people saying things about when you can't defend yourself and, you know what I mean, my, 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 my stock and value plummeted. And now I'm, I'm just in a good place now, you know. Now I'm back where I should be and I, and I have an opportunity to shine against a good fighter and to be a credible um, road-level fighter. How much persuasion did you need to appear on a show where there's not going to be any fans? Not much. I'm a, I'm a listen. We are fighters, and that's what we do. We fight, you know. Obviously, as people as a race, we all fight in different ways in different walks of life, and that's what we do best. You know, we fight. And there was mention you talked about Frank Warren. He talked about pitching an idea of you facing Daniel Dubois, another South London fighter, but in a different part of his journey, isn't he? What would you what would you say about that? It sounds like it's not something you think is remotely realistic. Frank needs to stay off the liquor, man. You know, definitely needs to stay off the liquor because why he's just trying to deviate from Tyson Fury fight. Why would I fight Daniel Dubois when I am manager for the WBC um world title? You know, Daniel Dubois brings nothing to the, the table whatsoever, nothing at all. There's no reason for me to fight him. Bring nothing to the table. Listen. They know me, they know I love a fight, and it doesn't take a lot to get me into a fight. So they're just trying to throw, throw some bait out there, and hopefully I'll, I'll bite, you know? <laughs> Final one, Dillian. How would you feel if the WBC stripped Tyson Fury and you had to fight 
for the vacant title against somebody well, else. If they're stripping my daughter to fight, no one for the vacant title because I'm in chairman weight champion okay. and I've had it, I've had enough fights to justify being a world champion, to be honest, you know. But obviously I don't want that though. I don't I don't want that. I want to fight Tyson Fury because you say he's the best heavyweight alive. And he's the best of to ever walk the planet. So I, w I want to fight the best, you know. I don't, you know. Hopefully, he's going to be a man of his word and, and fight me, and don't be a coward and vacate the belt. Cheers, Diddy. Best of luck. Cheers, weekend, mate. Okay, got Jeff Power from the Daily Mail. Hmm? Hi, Daniel. How are you doing in terms of your fitness and your shout? I'm sure I've just joined this rather late because I wasn't sure what time you were coming on. Um, how's your How's your fitness this time? Oh, Daniel or me? <laughs> Dillian, I said, I think. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm good, Jeff. I'm good. I'm, I'm fit. <laughs> you said Daniel. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm fit. You know, obviously, you can just tell by looking at my face, I'm healthy. I'm ready to go. And I'm fit. You know, last time I thought my face was like this. Now it's, my face is back to normal again. So It does I'm look good. better. I'm it good. It does I'm look better. Good. You weren't in your greatest shape in Saudi, were you? No, you know, obviously, if you think the situation and the circumstances that was going on, I had the fight three weeks. I got the fight three weeks notice. I wasn't training. I wasn't in any form or shape to fight. But for my mentality and my longevity in the sport and as a person, and obviously for my mental health, I had to fight. You know, I never had no choice. I had to fight regardless whether I was in shape or not. You know, I needed to fight. You certainly look in better condition. Look Thank forward you. to it. Thank you. Thank very, you. very kind of you. Okay, guys, we've got time for one more. If we finish with Ron Lewis, time. Um, I, I, um, I do. I hope you can hear me now. What, what has the five months in Portugal done for you as a person? Because you must have been out there a bit more relaxed. What, what's the difference being compared to um, compared to being sort of knocking around at, at home? Where's the difference is I was able to train. I was able to shift some 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 unwanted weight you know that i didn't need you know that again because of the last year last year my career was in tatters my life was in tatters you know um my, my status as a fighter my, my my credibility as a person everything was in shambles so you know um it's just been good to just get away and and, and train and focus it's been hard obviously been away from my family and everyone but you know it's good you know it was what i needed to be honest uh, you were saying a couple of weeks ago to us that um, Povetkin you saw as possibly the hardest fight of your life. Do you still see it like that, or bang on week, week, fight week now? Do you think it's, it's all business and you're going to do a good job on him? No, it's, it's, it's a hard fight. No one, no one could ever say Povetkin's an easy fight. You know, I mean, obviously we've seen what he does. He's been consistently for for 15 years at this level. He's beating top guys of top guys. You know, obviously he's given. Reigning world champions problem. He gave Andrew Joshua problem what a year ago. He gave Klitschko problem a few years ago. Um, very strong, very determined guy, and um, very te he's technically sound. He carry a good punch, but obviously people say, oh, yeah, he's forty. But then they, you know you got guys is going on longer and being stronger and fighting a lot better as they get older these days. You know, Look, you know Hopkins went until he was fifty and he was still beating top um, top guys as well. Are you expecting to be very sort of active, certainly in the first half of the fight? Who? Me? Or him? Povetkin. Povetkin, you expect him to... Because uh, he did well against Joshua for six, five or six rounds, and then the sort you of like... Maybe... He's a very aggressive fighter. He knows one way to fight. He's strong, solid, and he comes forward. You know, and 
I know they think they can beat me. I know they think they can stop me as well because of the experience and what they do. And he, obviously, they're probably looking at me, okay, I make technical mistakes and other things. So I know they believe they can beat me and stop me. So who knows what the game plan is going to do. He might come out early and try to go for it earlier. He might try and wait and go for it on the stretch. Against Hunter, he came back from middle to end of the fight. So let's see what happens. I'm prepared for whatever, you know. Um, if it needs to be a 12-round war or whatever, or a boxing fight or are a destruction. I'm prepared for whatever. Excellent. Thanks, Dillian. Good luck, mate. Okay, we're going to have to end the call there, guys. Thanks for your time. Thanks Sorry, you, guys. Be shy, cause I, the life won't bring you down too far. This is Coon Cassius for Eiffel TV in association with MTK Global. Mate, I thought, but we need to what are you going to do? No, it was. You know, normally you've got the security, like, and, and you know, at a press conference, you've got one bloke down the end of the table, you've got another bloke down the end of the table, and they're like, yeah, yeah. I mean, what, two metres, and you've got one security six metres away, and another one six metres away, and I'm thinking, if these two go, Babbage and Winters, I'm going to have to, like, I can't... Let them go out. No, but I'd, I'd, I'd make a complete tit out of myself, wouldn't I, I'd just sort of ram for cover. So I've got to just get involved and I I'm going to wear one. But as I said before, if I have to wear one and get knocked stone cold out, imagine the pay-per-view buys that the show would do on Saturday. So, so you would have knocked out for pay-per-view buys? I, don't, yes. I, I would go unconscious for more pay-per-view buys, but I wouldn't want a broken jaw. That's the main thing. So if you could, if you could knock me out, I don't mind blacking out and I don't mind going over and going viral, you know, 100 million views and, and help drive in the numbers on Saturday, but I don't, I don't want the op. So if you can guarantee me no facial breaks, I will do it. You'll go. Yeah. Um, yeah, just the reaction kind of to the whole press conference. brilliant. I mean, I love these press conferences the way we're, we've been forced to do it. I mean, we didn't come it up works. with this idea. It it's works. brilliant, you know. It you don't get people sitting at the table. I love, I love 20 people at the table. You know, it looks great, doesn't it? You know, it looks, oh wow, look at the size of the show. But, yeah, but sometimes you don't get the opportunity for the guys to sit so closely together, to goad each other. And it's been fantastic. And honestly, Saturday night is just such a great card. You know, you look at, like, sometimes we get criticised for the odds because, you know, I say, older, oh, no easy fight. Well, look at the odds on this. Go and look at the odds for Saturday night. It's Pickham's across the board. Anybody can win any fight on Saturday night. You know, the first three fights are just fantastic. Cullen against Chelly, Babich against Winters, Clay against Congo. You know, it's... And then you go into Taylor Pursun 2 and Dillian White against Povetkin. It's such a brilliant night of boxing. And, you know, I just... I'm so proud of what we've created with Fight Camp. And I'm so proud that we've got to this stage and that we've been able to put a card like this together with no crowd. Mm. I think people are overlooking that. You know, when people talk about... You know, some people said, are you going to charge more money? because there's no crowd. Some people said, are you going to charge less money because things are tougher at the moment? And I get both arguments. But I can, you know, I can only tell you the challenge, not just logistically, but financially, of putting this together with no crowd. You know, it's a million quid off the bottom line straight away with no crowd. 
yeah. and it's the same card, no, it's a better card that, that was originally going to happen on box office at Manchester Arena. So, you know, I hope you enjoy it, I hope you tune in, I hope you support the fighters, and I hope you support the sport, and I hope you have a great night. Mm. You said to Dillian White in your show, we told mm. you that his attitude over the years, because name some of the press conferences mm. like Lewis and yeah. Dave Allen, yeah. etc. But uh, a little bit more of a calm head on Lucas him. Brown. Lucas Remember? Brown. Yeah. I just think he's changed. I just think he's grown up. I think he's been through a lot. Last year was a terrible year for him, and he had to learn a lot about himself, go through some really dark moments. Um, I saw a lot of Alan Babbage, of, of Dillian White and Alan Babbage earlier. You know, just the ability to flick the switch and like Babbage was. You know, he was. You could see his arms, his veins popping out, saying, "Let's go now." And the grass. You know, Dillian's now thinking, "Hang on a minute, I'm fighting Alexander Povetkin. It's one of the best heavyweights in the world." Don't need any beef with him, and there's no beef between White and Povetkin. They're just two guys fighting for the winner of Fury against Wilder, mm. so they don't want any aggravation. They want to <laughs> save it all for uh, Saturday night. So I think Dillian White. You have to remember about Dillian White. And I think a lot of people. This is one of the reasons a lot of people love Dillian White is because he has come up on the tough side. You know, he didn't get in the England squad. He didn't go to the Olympics. He didn't. You know, and it, by the way, anyone that does that has earned it themselves but he didn't get you know just remember it weren't that long ago that he was fighting on small horse arc shows paying his own purse you never really get a guy at the top top level having to go through that process everyone gets signed to a promoter you get a retainer you get some sponsorship you get this he never had none of that he was fighting for nothing to try and come up and get his opportunity and and seeing him grow as a person as a fighter has been quite remarkable you know, and, and he deserves a lot of credit. And I think that's why people love him. He don't take any easy fights. He loves to be in tough fights and learn. He's a proper, honest and genuine individual. And again, he's putting it on the line on Saturday night. He's there, he's mandatory. You know, he don't need to be taking this fight. But the comments at the press conference, I want to improve. I want to fight the best. I'm still learning. I want to box at this level. They're the things that people should really be supporting. Mm. Um, Edward, can you just touch on the drug testing protocol mm -hmm. uh, during this whole kind of mm -hmm. period for... Uh, White and Vivekin, how many times have been tested? So right? they've been under VADA testing since the fight was signed the first time. Yep. So I don't, I mean, to give you a rough idea, since February, which is probably when we signed up for VADA, a dozen times, 10 times, 11 times, I mean, two or three times in the last, you know, you get, what happens is, and as soon as a fighter is tested, it goes to the lab. The report of the lab comes back to the promoter and the teams. So we get all the correspondence. Same with Taylor Pursun, but full VADA testing as well. So, blimey, when you look back at this fight, I don't know, 20 weeks, 24 weeks of VADA testing. You know, and despite what people will want to spout out on social media, we are the only promoters that are consistently paying for VADA testing for these fights. All our major fights, box office fights particularly, have full VADA testing for the entire camp. And there's no escape, to be honest with you, in that, in that scenario. Um, and, and generally you see there's only one person or a couple of people that didn't particularly want to sign up to VADA testing over the last few years. One of them was Jarrell Miller, funny that. And, you know, everybody else just understands it's part of the protocol of being on a major matchroom show, and I think it's really important. But for Dillian White, that's, this is nothing new, is it? He's been Dillian been White's tested. been VADA tested for, blimey, I mean, since the AJ fight. Mm. You know, and also UCAD tested as well. Mm. You know, and he's paying for this most of the time. Early on, I pay for it. Now he's paying for it because he owns the show. So it's an absolute down to the insistence of Dillian White, and I think it's great for the sport. Mm.
Um, Perth bids last night were cancelled. Mm-hmm. Yep. So a deal has been reached. Yeah, we had a deal in place first time around. Um, for Campbell Garfield. Yeah, we wanted yeah. to do the fight in the UK, but we needed crowds to return. And I, I felt I made that clear to Golden Boy, but when we put that in the contract, they weren't happy with that. They wanted to get on with the fight. So they made us an offer for Luke Campbell to fight in America. And I spoke to Luke, it was a fantastic offer. And he accepted the offer. So it's a, just a brilliant fight. Massive risk for both. With a crowd, hopefully? Uh, it's down to them. Yeah. You know, the, we're, we're waiting on a date which will be sort of middle end of November. And it's over to them. You know, if they can get a crowd, they can get the crowd. But my offer was dependent on a the crowd. Theirs wasn't. So if they get a crowd, good luck to them. If they don't, then unlucky. Do you but, have the option of having any of your other fighters on that card? Uh, not necessarily, no, I mean it wasn't, I wasn't looking for leverage in that respect, I was looking for the best opportunity for Luke Campbell, I believe Luke Campbell wins this fight and you know he's getting a lot of money to do so and it was a big opportunity for him and you know it, with, with how boxing is at the moment I think these are the opportunities you can take and I believe he'll beat Ryan Garcia later this year. Uh, November? Yeah, around that time, yeah we're just waiting for an official date. Uh, when I spoke to Bob Arum only about a week ago mm. he obviously mentioned the possibility of Terence Crawford. Uh, against Kel Brook. Mm-hmm. Uh, any update? Has that been spoken about? Yeah, a couple of conversations with Bob and also Carl Moretti yesterday. Um, you know, I feel that that's a big fight for UK TV, so we're trying to help out to try and get that over the line. Love to see Kel get that fight. Um, you know, I think they had a conversation with Keith Thurman, which obviously wanted too much money. Um, it's difficult at the moment. You know, Crawford wants a lot of money, Thurman, and Kel wants a lot of money. He deserves it. So we're trying to find a way to make that fight happen and assist top rank to get the numbers together. Canelo, obviously uproar over WBC mm. ordering the Yildirim fight, but the zone said that they wouldn't approve that fight, is that correct? I saw, a, I saw an article to that um, respect, I mean it's not my business. I, I, I don't see any interest in that fight anywhere, personally. Um, you know, and I think, I'm, I wasn't surprised, I mean look, we put a, a request in for Callum Smith, you know, at the convention it was quite clear that Yildirim was the mandatory and the mandatory after that was Callum Smith, even though he's WBA champion because he's been trying to win that belt for a long time. We put the request in and I said to Callum, just to let you know, you know what they're going to do, they're going to put Canelo in with Yildirim or request that and, you know, from there. Um, if that fight doesn't get approved, which I can't see any way it does by a broadcaster, then Callum Smith should fight Yildirim as per the WBC order for the WBC world title. And that's what we hope to happen, but we still hope that Callum Smith gets the Canelo fight. So it's frustrating for Callum at the moment, but he's actually in a good spot. And I think it'll be an interesting couple of weeks. But date-wise, Canelo, I mean... Yeah, I think he'll fight this year. Again, like, you know, it's not my business. I know I work for the same platform that he boxes on, so there's definitely a desire to see him box this year. And my guess is you'll see Canelo Alvarez in the ring in November. Hmm. an offer has been made for Felix Cash to fight Liam Williams mm-hmm. by Frank Warren. Did he just ring you up and tell you that? No, you... Andy Alien sent an email uh, with the offer. I mean, it wasn't a horrific offer. weren't really anywhere near enough money. Um, I haven't even had a chance to speak to Tony Sims and Felix Cash about it because it was for October and obviously Felix is just boxed. He's not going to get back in training now, next week. So um, I don't think... They're against that fight. I think Liam Williams is a very good fighter. I think it's a risky fight for Felix Cash. I think, quite honestly, it's probably a fight that you would see him have one more before he fought a boxer like Liam Williams. But ultimately, it's up to Felix Cash and Tony Sims if they want to take that fight. Not for that kind of money. But I'll get back to them next week when we're out of the bubble. And, you know, um, he's also mandated to fight uh, Demetri- uh, Demetrius Andre. 
So he's mandated to fight for the world title, but they're making me offers to fight Felix Cash instead. So we don't really know. Maybe Liam Williams will have an interim bout, and they will because it's very difficult to put a fight together at the moment like Demetrius Andrade against Liam Williams for the money they should be getting, to be honest with you. So open for all discussions on everybody, um, and I'll catch up with Tony Sims and see what he thinks. Um, Frank Warren made some comments regarding uh, you saying about Joshua could fight White to get the WBC if Fury vacates. Frank said, no one's buying a ticket to watch a belt, they're buying a ticket to see Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua. But you've insisted that Joshua's priority is the belt, it's, it's, not the fight. Yeah, but it's not necessarily about what people are buying tickets for, it's what the fighter wants. Anthony Joshua wants to be the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. He wants to win all the belts. That's always been the focus from day one. I agree with the comment that, you know, I don't say people don't care if the belt's on the line. They definitely do. And I know that people will pay more money in terms of site fees, etc. if it's an undisputed fight that's etched in history. But there may be a moment where the belts can't be on the line and they still fight. But it's definitely a priority of Anthony Joshua for the belts to be on the line. And it's definitely a priority of his to become WBC world champion and undisputed world champion. Doesn't matter who's got the belt. No, it never has. Who did he want to fight a year ago? Wilder. Who does he want to fight now? Fury. Who might he want to fight in six months? Dillian White. Who knows? You know, ultimately, he don't care who he fights. He wants to fight the best, but he wants to be undisputed. What do you think about Oscar De La Hoya's possible yeah, I don't know. I mean, comeback? We'll see what he's got left. I, don't, you know, I think it's very difficult. It's like with the Mike Tyson stuff. It's hard to criticise someone who's such a great like Oscar De La Hoya. I mean, you know, what, me? Yeah, Oscar, leave it out, mate. Knock it all on the head. He knows what he's doing. He a, was a fantastic fighter. And if he feels like he's got something left in the tank, good luck to him. Are you ever going to make a comeback? No. Never really got started, to be honest with you. But um, no, I don't think so, mate. I don't think so. All I'm trying to do is stay in my lane. Stay in my lane and stay focused. And of course, stay humble. Of course, Saturday night. Don't miss it. It's a don't cracker. It. You know it's a cracker. I mean, cracker. you know, I just feel like the numbers right now are over 25% up on Revas at this stage. So I really feel very confident we're going to do huge numbers. And quite rightly so. It's a fantastic card. Fight camp's been unbelievable. You're going to see unbelievable production, lights, cameras, action, fireworks, great fights, knockouts, stars, AJ's there, huge heavyweight fights, women's undisputed fight, fights of the year, everything. So enjoy it, don't miss it, and as always, thank you for your support. There's also some free boxing on the Saturday, isn't there? If, Channel 5. Yeah, great, Look, more boxing the better. I'm not here to criticise anybody putting a show on, particularly in the pandemic. But as always, we're the only show in town. Eddie, thank you very much. Talk to Eiffel TV. Crack on with the wine tomorrow. Cheers, sir. Don't be shy, cause I, the life won't bring you down too far. Don't be shy, cause I, the life won't bring you down too far. Was it, was it great being in camp?
Yeah, we did it. You've got him in. You've got him in the best shape I've ever seen him in. Yeah, we did over fifty rounds. So we did. Did you go running stuff. together as well? No, they no. did a lot, but yeah. I didn't do that. Yeah, you don't run, no. No, you just fight. I told him first day, Adrian, I don't do that stuff. Did you used to do kickboxing and MMA as I well? I did MMA. Yeah. Two well, years. I thought, I, remember, yeah, I thought you did. Yeah. Then I went to the boxing and everybody beat me up. Like <laughs> everybody. Kicked. And you enjoyed it more? Yeah, you I enjoyed enjoy it. More. I was like, yes, I want to do that. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to do MMA no more. Yeah. There'll be a lot of people watching on Saturday night. Yeah, I know. This is big for you. Yeah, biggest fight in my life. Yeah. I had a lot of fights in and out of the ring, but this is the biggest one by far. And I like my odds, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I very much like my odds. So Dillian did perfect research, you know, he's a good manager. Yeah. He showed yeah. that so many times. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure in victory. What did you think of the press conference today? Well, it was perfect, just how I like, you know. I was I was about to be humble and everything, you know, be good to him. But then he started, he called me, he called me bitch. Nobody does that to me, you know. You know? I almost lost it. I was trying to turn out of the way. Uh, it looked like you were going to get up at one point. Yeah, I, I was, because why are you calling me bitch? You know, it's disrespectful on so many levels, you know. He can say something about my opponents, they're not so great and stuff, but you can't call me bitch. You want to get burned if you do, you know. So it was good for him, actually. He's not laying somewhere in a ditch or in a hospital. <laughs> I don't play like that, you know. I'm like Dillian. Dillian doesn't play also games. You can't call him a bitch. You can't call me a bitch, you know. You know, Ed, too, too much. Eddie Hearn said today that you remind him of how Dillian White used to be. Yeah, when he was, I like that. I like yeah. that. In his earlier days, he's kind of mentality. I know, I know. Dillian, Dillian was 10 times more, more than me today. I know how Dillian was. I mean, we, we are similar, no? me and Dillian. That's why we, we link so, so quick, you know. We are both from the streets. We all had a similar lifestyle, you know, so. We, take, we took it a disrespect when somebody says stuff like that, you know. You know, you, you saw the, the, the press. I didn't go off until he got the pitch. Don't call me a bitch, bro. It still burns with me, you know. When I take it with me, drink, you got to see it. Did you feel at that point, though, you, you know, if there wasn't anyone there, you would have gone outside with him? Is that how you felt? I would. I called him outside, but he was quickly calm after I called him. I would go outside. Just settle it, you know, old way. Let's go in a fist fight and settle it. What? That's how we do stuff in Croatia, you know. If you have a problem with someone, you call him. You know? Most of the time they don't show. He also didn't show. He just talking, you know, he just blah, blah, blah. But it's a good thing you didn't because you got a big fight on Saturday and that's when yeah, it really counts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to make a show. I wanted to make a show for the people, you know? of course, the fight. I want to fight for the people. I want to, I want to be a good fight. I want just to be a victory. I want to be, I want to be decisive, you know. I want to take his medical, you know. That's what I'm about. And I'm gonna bring all of that with me in the ring. All of it. So he did he did his homework. It was bad homework because it got me angry and that's not a good place to be. You know. Opposite me when I'm angry in the ring. Oh, got me so pumped. <laughs> I'll let you get back to your training. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Got the way in tomorrow. Alright. Top man now. Thank you, brother. Life won't bring you down too far I'm Michelle Joy Phillips, please.
Thank you, Mauricio. Um, I have two questions for you. Uh, this weekend, we obviously have Dillian White versus Alexander Povetkin. Uh, I know you said that should Dillian White be successful this weekend, that he will obviously go on to face the winner of Fury Wilder 3. But what if Alexander Povetkin wins? Does he also get that same opportunity, or is this just for Dillian? If Alexander Povetkin wins, he will be the WBC interim champion and mandatory contender. However, the date of the mandatory uh, provision for him uh, will be starting in August. Mm -hmm. So that, he will not be the immediate uh, challenger for the winner of Fury Wilder. And given the, the state of the pandemic, it seems like every week things are changing. It's really hard to sort of plan uh, when we could see uh, fans back at an event. Uh, so what is the status currently for Fury Wilder 3? It seems like it just keeps getting pushed off and there's really no heavy talks. I mean, even, even Tyson's tweeted today kind of saying like Wilder's gone quiet. Is there anything, any update you can give us in terms of like what's happening there? And, and will we see it uh, before the end of the year? Because we obviously know that Dillian's date is February 21st of 2021. And will that affect that as well? Yes, uh, what we have as of today is December 19th. That's a no, direct uh, communications that we have. And uh, Dylan White uh, and his team are perfectly aware that February is absolutely impossible because of December 5th. Uh, the agreement that, uh, and the voting from the WBC, what we have, uh, uh, on hands is that the winner of Fury versus Wilder immediately fights Dillian White if he wins this Saturday. So the time of February is not, no, not a concern any longer. Mm -hmm. uh, we have the expectations that the fight will take place in December and then the winner fights uh, Dillian White because uh, the free negotiations begin right after the Wilder uh, uh, fury fight. Okay, sorry, I have one more if you don't mind. Um, sure. Just your opinion on DAZN sort of uh, putting it out there, that, or there's been sources saying that DAZN is rejecting Canelo versus Yildirim. Well, the WBC does not get involved in the promotional side of the, of the sport. We, we have the fight, and then it is up to the promoters and the networks to work it out uh, if there is no agreement, then a purse bid uh, takes place. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Are there any other questions? Mauricio, this is Lance. Yes, hello Lance, hey, yes. Hi, hello, hello. So anyways, I think you're, you know, you're in a, a tough situation, I know, with White and Fury because you've made this promise to Dillian White to get the winner of uh, Fury and Wilder but yet you've got this great new relationship with Tyson Fury and he could potentially come to you after defeating Deontay Wilder and say, look, I've got this agreement in place for a double header with Anthony Joshua, which as you know, as an advocate of boxing is probably the biggest fight that the sport can produce at this point. So would you consider making Tyson Fury your franchise champion and then allowing Dillian White to get a title, get a fight for the heavyweight title, but you know, and allowed uh, Fury Joshua to proceed? 
You know, the franchise uh, designation was designed uh, for fighters who move up and down in different weight categories. Right, I know. Yeah. That, that's uh, one of the uh, real clarities. I don't want to speculate. Uh, there is uh, a lot of hype in many directions. And I love this because the heavyweight is back. Finally, we have heavyweight activity at the grand stage. Let's see what happens Saturday. Let's enjoy. Let's give Povetkin and Dylan White their due time. It's the time to shine. Let's give Fury and Wilder the time to shine when they do the third fight. Let's not get overwhelmed with what if, what if, what if. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, uh, so many things can happen from now until a certain period of time. I'm just enjoying the moment. And, is, that, uh, is that not a good way to resolve this stuff? Uh, we have uh, Dillian White, who has earned the stage to fight for the world championship. And Tyson Fury is a very respectable fighter. And he respects the organization and the rules that make you a champion have to be respected when you're a champion and, and, and serve the rules. Uh, let's see what happens. Uh, I don't want to kill any possibility, any dream, but uh, because there's always step-aside agreements, there's always negotiations that can happen. But today, I would like to rather concentrate on the two fights that are mandated, what are happening uh, we have Dylan White Povetkin, and then we have uh, Tyson Fury with Wilder. From there, until those two happen, many things could happen. Let's see what happens. And uh, let's uh, keep dreaming on the so many things that uh, we can see in the ring. Thank you, Mauricio. Thank you, Lance. Hey, Fight Fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel, make sure you do so by clicking this icon right here, or else. Danny Flexen for seconds out. Delighted to be joined by Shondell Winters. Obviously, just been announced. You, you've known for a while, but it's just been officially announced that you'll be fighting Alan Babich on yeah. Saturday, uh, August 22nd, on the big Sky Sports box office show. Um, you may need to sit back just a little bit because we can't get your full. That's it. Perfect. Um, fighting Alan Babich. When did you first get the call that it was a possibility to appear on the pay-per-view show? Uh, probably about a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago. What was your first reaction to that? Because the last time we saw you was against the former world champion in Joseph Parker. Now they're asking you to go up, albeit on a big stage, against the 3-0 and prospect. What, what did you make of the offer initially? Um, the reality is, um, do I think that I really don't know much about him. Uh, I heard some things about him. You know, he was uh, Dylan White's sparring partner and things like that. And that this is what he wants. He wants to challenge me. So, you know, I accept this challenge. Is this an example of the Parker fight? Although it didn't end the way you wanted it to, it's opened some more doors for you. You put in a, a good showing and people have noticed. Well, I didn't go to uh, Texas to uh, put on a good showing. I went to Texas to win. Unfortunately, you know, I had circumstances in camp 
that, you know, kind of played a part in that fight. You know, I didn't come out publicly and say those things because I don't want to take nothing away from Joseph Parker. Joseph Parker is a classy guy. And, um, you know, so I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to diminish, you know, the win for him, you know, but I definitely wasn't at my best, you know what I'm saying? And things are uh, totally different now. So, you know, I'm looking forward to Saturday night. Can you just um, sit back for us a little bit? Is that all right? Thank you. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about your backstory, because I know you're a former um, National Golden Gloves finalist. You came into yeah. the professional side of the sport quite late on or quite an advanced age. Did you get into boxing as a whole quite late on? I did. I started uh, fighting when I was like uh, 28. And um, the training was so hard in Chicago, I, I had really stopped coming to the gym. And then, you know, I'm not a quitter. So probably about maybe a month after that, I went back to the gym and the rest was history. Um, I've been fighting now professionally for about four years, five years. I want to say I started in 2015. And, um, man, I'm just excited, man. I've been waiting to fight. I've been wanting to fight. Like, I be in the gym all the time. Like, you know, um, they ain't going to never catch me slipping. You know, where it's like, oh, you ain't in the gym and he's not in shape. I'm in the gym all the time. You know what I'm saying? And I spar with the goons. So, you know. We're um we're cutting your head off quite a lot. <laughs> I have to warn you. I want to get those handsome features in. Um oh. Yeah, that's, that's better. Um you spent the majority of your pro career so far in and around the cruiserweight division. This fight's a heavyweight. Yeah. Where do you see your future? Which, which division? Um, to be honest with you, I want to I wanna win a world title. Um, Legacy-wise, a world title at heavyweight would be awesome. A world title at cruiserweight would be awesome. Or a world title at light heavyweight would be awesome. I can make all three weights. That's the blessing. Um, also, um, legacy-wise, I think light heavyweight, you know, after I'm done campaigning at heavyweight, would be the ideal place to win a title because I already have a, a ABO title at cruiserweight and I have an NABA, WBA title at heavyweight. Well, I won those titles. And so if I got a title in light heavyweight, you know, that would be cool. I mean... The NABA title is like a, you know, a recognized title. The ABO is on its way up. So to a light heavyweight title, that's three different weight classes, so, you know. And have you been in the UK before, People either competing or, or for kind of personal reasons? Um, no, I ain't never been to the UK. I've always wanted to come to the UK because a lot of the people over from where I'm from in Chicago, they talk about the UK a lot. So I've always wanted to come over and see, like, what's going on, you know, the Buckingham Palace and all that stuff. You know, you want to see those things. And uh, I've been blessed, man, by the most high to be able to be in the U.K. and to fight, you know, in the Eddie Garden and to be around all the great people that's in the U.K. It's, it's wonderful, man. And tell us when you arrived and also how you're finding the whole quarantine process, because it must be pretty boring, <laughs> let's be honest. So you took the words out of my mouth, so I don't have to say that, okay? But definitely, like, challenging mentally because I'm I'm definitely a person that's always on the go. Like, I'm always moving. I got to be doing something. 
And to be sitting up in the room all day, every day is definitely challenging. Um, I got here a little while ago. Since I've been here, man, everybody's been hospitable. I mean, it's like, you know, they, they stay, you know, want to serve you, waiting on you, you know, it's, it, it make you feel good, you know. How are you, I, kind I of, how are you kind of filling your time while you are stuck in a, in a hotel room, if you like, until you're allowed out into the wider world? What, what are you doing with yourself? Well, this right here is called the perfect push-up. Right. So I'll I be doing hella these and sit-ups and basically talking on the phone. And how much, you said you know a few things about Alan Babich. Have you seen much tape of him? Obviously, there's not loads out there because he's only recently turned pro. The reality is, man, Alan Babich is a hungry fighter. You know what I'm saying? He's a fighter like myself. He's hungry. You know what I'm saying? He don't really got nothing to lose. He got everything in the game. I've been in these situations before. I know how he want to come out. He feel like he got punching power. He feel like he's strong. He feels like he going to keep coming. And his pressure and his combination and his punching power is going to be too much for me to, to withstand, meaning he going to be able to mow me down or wear me down or wear me out or whatever. That's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, you've scored a number of upsets just in recent years. And for someone who is just 3-0 and as a pro, it seems like a big risk for them to take. But that don't mean nothing, cause I didn't beat a, I didn't beat a lot. Like in the gyms in Chicago, you know, I ain't gonna put nobody on blast. But I didn't run across a lot of world champions, and you know what I'm saying in them gyms. And I was still an amateur beating up world champions. So that him, the his that that don't even matter. I ain't thinking. I ain't looking at that like, oh, he on three. I ain't looking at none of that. I just don't feel like he can beat me. That's what I'm saying. I don't feel like he could beat me. I don't feel like nobody could beat me. When I, when I lost to Joseph Parker, you know what I'm saying, I wasn't 100%. I ain't making no excuses, you know what I'm saying. I'm going to get a, a chance to run it back, and hopefully I'll see him again. You Tell know? us a little bit about your training setup. Who, who's your head trainer? Where do you normally work out of when you're back home? Sam Colonna is my head trainer. But I've been training with Montel Griffin for my last few fights, and he's been my head trainer. But, you know, in Chicago, like where I live, he lives actually in the city. I'm right outside the city limits. Sam Colonna's gym is a little bit closer. So I train at Sam Colonna's gym more than I train at uh, Windy City. You know what I'm saying? Both of the gyms are the top gyms in Chicago. You know what I'm saying? But I train at, uh, at Sam Colonna's gym more than I train at Windy City, which is Montel Griffin's gym in Chicago on Canal Court. And Sam's gym is in between California and Western off of 35th Street. So um, Sam has been, you know, the guy. My training schedule is pretty much, you know, we spar. Like, I be doing eight, ten rounds, like, every time. You know what I'm saying? I'm the bag, you know, my workout days usually two, three hours gym. You know what I'm saying? Roll work. A lot of push-ups. A lot of sit-ups. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think he's going to realize, you know what I'm saying, that, you know what I'm saying, I'm a little stronger than what he think. Like, he been sparring with Dylan White, so he might feel like, oh, well, if I spar with Dylan White, who's this guy? He's, you know, skinny, Dylan White's a huge guy and all that. But to be honest, Dylan White don't want no smoke. 
So I don't give a fuck about what he talking about. You know what I'm saying? About, oh, he, you know what I'm saying? Dylan White don't want no smoke. You know what I'm saying? So the, the reality is, you know what I'm saying, we're going to see Saturday night. That's the truth. Who's going to be the main man in your corner um, on Saturday? Montel Griffin. Montel Ice Griffin. That's my dog. You know what I'm saying? For sure. And he's obviously a very well-known name for anyone that follows boxing. Had that two famous fights, of course, with Roy Jones Jr., but also just a great fighter, light heavyweight in a, in a really good era. What has he taught you since you guys have been working together? What are the main things you take from him? Me and Montel got together at Sam's gym. We were sparring. He was getting ready for a comeback fight. This was like in 2015. And uh, we were sparring because he was trying to get in shape. And I had seen him before, like on TV and stuff. So I wasn't starstruck, but I was like, wow, this is Montel Griffin, you know? So then I was just like, man, you know, we just was sparring and I was like talking trash to him because, you know, I knew he was good. You know what I'm saying? This is Montel Griffin and I'm just coming up. But at the same time, I want my respect, you know, so I'm wilding in the gym with him. And he was when we got out, he was like, man, I like him. He was like, oh, I like him. He a dog. So, you know, we got we got cool like that. And then every time I would come to the gym, he would always give me pointers. He'd be like, hey, man, do this, you know, turn it. So it was like. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my brother. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And you mentioned earlier Dillian White not wanting any smoke. First of all, what did you mean by that? And, and also, if you defeat Babich on Saturday, do you see that as a pathway towards taking on his manager or advisor? To be honest, no, man. Because to be honest, like, that fight don't, doesn't attract me. I want to fight, so I'll fight anybody. If I'm looking for something, it's probably a fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just like to fight. I just really realize that I like to fight. So anything that, you know, and, you know, guys start like, oh, well, they're going to do this and they're going to do that. You ain't going to do nothing. You know what I'm saying? Period. You know what I'm saying? You ain't going to do nothing. And, you know what I'm saying, the way I feel like shit, I'm going to see him before we actually fight. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm from Chicago, you know? And it's a lot going on. Like, stop playing. So it'll be you you and Montel against... uh... Dillian and Allen, perhaps? Well, I don't necessarily... I mean, I'll fight anybody. King Kong, Godzilla, it really don't matter. But I'm saying that to say this. I want to fight for a world title. You know what I'm saying? I want to fight the best out there, and I want to fight for a world title. When this is all over, my name going to be written in the, four, in the four corners of this world. That's great to hear. What if people are out there who haven't seen you fight before, either against Parker or previous to that, especially fans in the UK who are um, tuning in on Sky Sports box office pay-per-view show over here, what can you tell them to encourage them to watch your fight specifically? Well, what I can say is this, man. You, 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 you get a guy in myself who I come to fight. I'm from that old school cloth, you know what I'm saying? I ain't coming to lay down. I'm not here for a check. I'm not here to look at you, take pictures, or none of that. I want to prove I'm the best. I feel in my heart and my soul, I'm the best. The only way you can prove that is you got to beat other people that feel like they the best or that other people say is the best. So that's what you get in me. I'm not here for a check. You know what I'm saying? I'm not here for no nothing. The only thing I'm here for is to show the people, you know what I'm saying, who watching that I get a chance to entertain that, hey, I'm the best and put my craft on display. You know what I'm saying? So that's what you get when you get a Shondell Winters. You get a guy that's going to go all out. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to go all out. You know what I'm saying? You gonna What happened in the Joseph Parker fight, that's what had to happen because it was going to be me or it was going to be him. 
So that's what I'm saying. Like I'm, uh, that's where I'm from. That's what. That's how I get in. Like that's what you get when you get me. It's gonna be you or me. And I learned from the Parker fight to make sure it's not me. <laughs> cool. Well, we wish you the best of luck um, on Saturday night, and and then hopefully you get to the chance to go and see Buckingham Palace and some of the other places you've mentioned. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Or make make I'm, up for that quarantine. Man, I really, to be honest, my dream fight. You know what I'm saying? To be honest with you, my, I want. I really, you know, I wouldn't mind fighting any one of these heavyweights, and I just really want to say to the UK people, you know what I'm saying, for y'all hospitality, man, it's been wonderful. Like everybody over here has been like super, super nice. You know what I'm saying? It's been like they catered. You know what I'm saying? It's just been a wonderful experience for me to when I go back home and share with my children and my friends and people that I love. Like the UK is is what's happening. You know? How, how many kids do you have? Oh, I got seven kids, man. Wow. I got five boys and two girls. You know, I and um. This like I put my life on the line every time I get in the ring for my family. You know what I mean? And so a lot of things been changing mentally for me. Like I've crossed a lot of different bridges that I don't know if my opponent has crossed. You know what I'm saying? And I'm really not worried about that, but you know, that's on him because he challenged me. So by that time, you know, whatever happened to him, you know. You you may not be coming purely for the check, but I'm sure with seven mouths to feed, the check sure helps. Oh, don't get don't get it twisted. <laughs> I don't fight for free, you know what I'm saying? But I can tell you this 110%. Because I love to fight, and I don't mean this in a violent, like, you know, vulgar way, but it's like, sort of like basketball. I love the game of basketball. That's what, that was what I play. I play college basketball over there in, in the States. So the reality is because I love it, I still be doing it if I wasn't getting paid. The pay is really just like the cherry on top. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, the way I'm the way I'm built, the way I'm made, I'm really about proving to the next man that he, he's not better than me. That's what I'm on. Great stuff. Well, we look forward to seeing your fight on Saturday night. Very best of luck, and hopefully we get to speak to you again. Yes, sir. I hope so, man. Peace and love. Gratitude. I love the UK. UK loves team winners and team winners <laughs> loves the UK. Brilliant. Thanks, Sean Dell. Take care. All right.